Hi guys, Bike Girl here, contributor at Sold Magazine, and this is episode 63 of In the Spray Room. You're listening to the weekly podcast here at Sold Magazine, where we sit down with some of the most talented and interesting artists getting up on the streets today. We like to bring out the lighter side of our creative guests by interviewing them on the fly in a relaxed atmosphere. You can find us on all major platforms. We've got a great roundtable today, so I'm going to pass this off now to Big Ronnie for all the intros and news. Hey, Big Ronnie, what's going on? Lots going on. It's 2020. Welcome to everybody, uh, all our listeners, all the people that are following and clicking on play on all our various platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and everything else. I'm not going to list them. Thank you to our sponsors from last year, Mike Schulte and Brooklyn uh, BK Firefly. Uh, look forward to working with them again. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to read an ad on this one. We'll see how it goes if we work it in. Uh, we've got a bunch of guests here today, and I'm very happy to bring back uh, the In the Spray Room co-host extraordinaire and mm-hmm. walking street art encyclopedia bike girl. Say Hello. hi. 2020 bike girl. You ready? Yes, I am. As uh, one of our other guests brought up, although we need to be careful because it is the year of the snitch. Snitch, the year of the rat. So keep your keep your homies close and your enemies closer, as some people like to say. Uh, we also have Leaf sitting in with us. What's up? How you been, brother? Good. 2020 is uh, a lot of <laughs> hair growing there. I like the beard. Yeah, yeah. It's procrastination. Oh, is that all it is? Saying, yeah. That's all it is? Yeah, yeah. It's not really a style choice. I'm just, you know. When people ask me, yeah, what do I got to do to grow a beard? I was like, can you do nothing? Can you just wait? Can you? And I like it. <laughs> and our last guest, uh, he sat in with us. Uh, this is your fourth time? I think uh, fourth time. Yeah. Last true. time you sat in with us at Welling Court, you broke down for all the youngins listening uh, how to get up on the street and how not to piss people off. I'm hoping for a little bit more uh diy for the youngins out there today we have zimad with us and welcome back to the podcast brother thank you thank you you let's start with you 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 uh you've been busy this week i've been busy this week yes i have um a lot of things have been happening congratulations uh to your part on the five points verdict thank you thank you i just wanted Um, to say that get that out of the way yeah, it, it it still hasn't really hit home, I guess. Like, uh, I'm still kind of chill about it. There's still a couple more steps, and, you know, it was a seven-year battle, you know, and it was all about our art, you know, fighting for our art. Um, the one thing that I really feel good about is, from this point on, college kids in the future are going to be studying art law and they would have to be studying our case there's no question you're a part of history which is definitely history yeah and on your uh as i mentioned to you when we were talking in the pre-interview uh you're on the right side of history which has got to feel good yeah yeah especially where we're from where i came from you know i could easily be on the bad side of history (laughs) (laughs) now let, let's t- let's talk about where you came from. Yeah, uh, New Yorker, New Yorker, born and raised. Um, for the most part, always lived in the Bronx. Born in the Bronx, live in the Bronx. You know, it's and, and when I was in the Bronx, 
I would say 70s going into the beginning of the 80s was probably the worst part of, the, of living in the Bronx. You know, that's when everything was being burnt down and gangs were running in the streets. Um, but yeah, I survived that. Not, not thinking I would, you know. I, I've always thought, oh, about 25, I'll be, you know, in the ground. So just live my life now. And uh, yeah, I think I think graffiti saved my about life. To, I was going to ask serious question. You know, do you believe art gave you a oh, life? Absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know, in in, in my hood, uh, a lot of the guys were drug dealers, and I I didn't go that route. I went to the route, route where I knew art, you know, and I got influenced by a couple of cats and just ran with it. And they would be. For um, curiosity's sake, what were your early influences? I got five. I got five. Um, the first one would be my partner and vice president of Bronx Artists. That was Dunk. Um, he was known for his characters, and that's how I know how to do characters today. Um, he introduced me to, like, uh, Von Bo- Bodie, like, characters, and, and you can see a little bit of that still in my characters. Um, other influences would be Zephyr. Um, the first time Dunk showed me photos and magazines with Zephyr on the cover, um, I, my jaw dropped. And uh, after that would be Dondi. You know, uh, to this day, I think his lettering style could burn people today. Easily, easily, just ahead of his time. Um, Crashing Days who were na- from the neighborhood, who we, I didn't get to meet them till like maybe 20 years later, because that's how the rap game was back then. You know, you, you stood with your crew and that was it. But uh, Yeah, you wouldn't those, even say you liked somebody yeah, else's work, right? Yeah, you, no, you stood to yourself, stood with your crew, and that's who you ran with, and that was it. Anybody else could be a potential enemy, you know, who wants to just, rap, you know, beat you down for your pain, so... Um, but like crashing days were like the neighborhood kids that were already piecing on gates and walls. And when I seen that, I was like really influenced to, to actually do lettering and up my game with colors. Now, how do you get from the point growing up in the Bronx, doing your thing, uh, school, no school? How do you get from the point where I feel like I'm an artist inside and this is one of the... Co- the 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 only outlets I have, I'm not going to go in start going well, into fine painting at this point, right? You well, weren't trying to learn brushwork. This was about uh, a, a creative outlet and the means that were easily at your disposal. No, yeah. Well, it became uh, from bombing, bombing in the streets and the and the lines. Um, when I really got influenced by looking at these cats doing piecing. Um, it was like, oh, I need to start doing that. And I think when I first sold my first piece is when I started thinking, like, seriously, like, this is what I got to do because I love doing it, and now I'm getting paid to do it. So at an early age, I was already selling artwork to, to actually, you know, do what I need to do with my money. Now, because you you say in a, you lived through the worst times uh, growing up in the Bronx yeah. uh, uh, in our lifetimes, you know how do, how do you feel today about the the MTA 
re-cracking down on subway graffiti. They said they're uh, going to have more undercover... More co- yeah, more guards. Undercover cops, more guards at the stations, and more um, uh, anti-graffiti people uh, cleaning things up as soon as they see them. It's kind of funny because <laughs> graffiti on the trains didn't stop. It's just now that they're hitting it a little bit harder and and these people don't care, so they're actually leaving the, the stations... You know, and people are noticing it more is they have to say something to to be like, oh, we got to do this. Oh, now. yeah, because when, when they probably already wanted to do that anyway. I see paint on the edges of the doors yeah. all the time. So, yeah. you know, the train's been hit. You'll see just yeah. the edges left on the sides of the doors. And I see that once a month at least. Yeah. It, so it, you you know, they just of, didn't get it all town, cleaned. Out right. of towners, they want to get their... their well, and they have to be, you know, we're, we're living in a political world, and it's a great way to divide the city. Unfortunately, I think some of it is just political rhetoric for what's going on nationally, too, because mm. the graffiti is a sign of a crumbling liberal city, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> a buddy of mine from high school is a MTA motorman, a conductor, and he told me that when they see any MTA employee, any any MTA employee, anytime they see a bombed out car, any graffiti at all on the train, they're allowed to take that train out of service right then and there, and they'll get in trouble if they don't. Yeah. So that's the current policy. So whether with the the shots that we <laughs> see, they're probably only up for a couple of hours. They yeah, may they, not have ever they, gone into surf into service. Oh, they don't. But they happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's they the happen. point, though, right? Yeah. They, yeah. W- they don't want you to get the notoriety. And they move so they them in the middle the of the night. So it doesn't get any attention. They, like, park them in the tunnels where you can't see them. And when it gets, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, they'll move them to the yard see, but to like, clean them. When, when, when it comes out into the public where people are, it starts trending. And that's yeah. the, the, whole, the whole idea of doing it, knowing that it may, not, it may get buffed tomorrow anyway. But when it made the news is when these cats are, like... Okay, we got to get them and we got to stop because somebody ran the train out of the yard without cleaning it. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that that guy is canned right now. <laughs> now, now would the in your opinion with the with the advent of social media, call it 10 years or so ago, would without I'm sorry, without that. Do you think it would still be the situation trying to get on up on trains if you couldn't get the pictures out there instantly and around the globe? No, it, it's a rush. It's like if I was in Europe and <coughs> one of these cats tell me, yo, let's go do a train. I'm 55, but it's tempting. I was like, wow, I haven't done this in a long time. Like, maybe I will. And, and it's more for me and how I feel about doing it and to say I did it and get the photo for me. It doesn't have to I go anywhere else. I can't imagine the my, adrenaline. That's my history, and that's going to be when... I put this thing like in my story in my book. That's when people could buy it and see it. So you think we have hit the point of peak saturation, and now people are starting to keep a little bit more than they share, or has it always been that way? Um, it depends on the purpose person. I mean, different personalities, different people do things for different reasons. Um, me, I, I in my phone right now, I have about three hundred photos. From my past as well as from my past till now that I still haven't posted. And maybe I'll leak them out here and there to be like, oh, here's a photo from 1975, you know. And uh, so I'll I'll put it out there. But when 
on my terms and when I feel like, uh, let me let me do this, you know. Yeah, but you need to keep some of them for the retrospective at MoMA of and things course. like that. <laughs> of course. Okay. Well, let, let's speak exactly. a little bit more about your terms. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're at the point today where you're taking on projects you want to take on. Yes. And you're taking on fun projects. Yes. I loved hearing about uh, the, the hospital project with your characters. Oh, yeah. I, I've been doing like uh, I did a new series of characters that are more like stick figure and more um, for the mindset of kids. You know, these are mostly pediatric centers that these kids are going in there who and this last one I did was for a heart clinic for kids. So it's kind of like they want to see something that they could probably even possibly do or even look up to or understand so their mind could be taken off of whatever their ailment is. You know, so, it's, um, you know, I got, a, I got a text from a dad who was like, I brought my three-year-old kid and he's seen your artwork and, and he was so distracted that, you know, it made it easier for me to be a dad and do this. And he thanked that's me. That's it. Hang and, it up. You, like, you won as an artist, like, right? Uh, Hang like, it up. Yeah, I was like, that. that is probably one of the best, you know, texts I ever got. That's like top ten art moments when yeah. you know you've touched somebody on that level. Yeah, or helping with, with my work, like to help, yeah, to help yeah. people. Now, how many, how many hospital projects have you done? Um, I did a, um, a vinyl project for HSS, um, <laughs> maybe like... Uh, November, mm-hmm. so that was uh, that was something that I didn't have to really do hands on. It was all like a Photoshop image of my work, and they made a vinyl. Um, I've done stuff for like three pediatric centers in the Bronx already, and two in Jersey. And I just got hit up to do another one, possibly in Jersey. So um, metro area, like eventually, you know, it'll get out there. You know, that this is helping kids, you know, and I could do more. That's something Keith Herring did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. They have his sculptures in places all over the country at children's hospitals. You know, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, he he did a lot of that. And, you know, I still get paid for the walls, but um, I feel like they're getting a big return on that, you know, because also it's a job for me. But... You know, I want to do things that the kids can understand. Now, let's uh, let's talk a little bit broader about your work, because the work that you're exhibiting today is not the work that I met you. uh, You're exhibiting when when we first started getting friendly a couple of years ago at at Lasso Pizza. Yes. Now, those were those were wood pieces you're doing of famous celebrities. Yes. And we couldn't afford them at the time. We loved them, though. The iconic, the iconic 80s show, I think it was, where I cut stencils. I may have cut like maybe 300 stencils, all hand cut, because I see now a lot of people that do stencils are generating it out of the computer. I feel like it's kind of like, all right, but I, I like the hands-on, like rough cut. So I actually did like every iconic figure that I looked up to growing up in the 80s. Your David Bowie is still hanging at at on second you know, at the F-stop. You know, it's kind of funny that, that David Bowie it's still there. was the first piece up there and yeah. now it's totally full with pieces. Oh, yeah, with that, pieces around yeah. because nobody's come through and taken them in a yeah. while, which is a good thing. And I was surprised. I thought that David Bowie would definitely get stolen. 
like chip it right off the wall but like we that's a testament to your construction yeah yeah <laughs> i mean uh you know thanks to steve he he actually put that thing up like like it's part of the building you're talking about on the side of it on the side yeah. of yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a bunch of nice pieces up there. You put I like that the up one what, that, um, almost immediately, a week after Bowie passed away, I believe, didn't you? I did. It was very close after he close passed after, away, yeah. Yes. And and he lived in that neighborhood. Yeah. He was only like a couple of blocks down. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of, you know, a little tribute. Now, you all, you like representing the history of New York and the history of the culture in your work as well. I remember, I think it was two years ago now, might have been last year, you'll tell me, the Ramel Z piece that you did on steve's wall yes and when was that was that last year or two years ago that was um i believe it might have been last year okay yeah i think so yeah oh yeah yeah now why was that an important piece for you to do because you you jumped right into the story when i said i'm not overly familiar with real mel z and you you gave me both barrels you were all about it i told you about the movie you know um what was it like um it wasn't uh was it star wars yeah, I think it, it, one of those movies, and um, at the end when he's rapping under the arches, 